Good morning, John. Good morning, Sean. So today we're going to discuss the arms race that's going on between students and teachers. Yes. And and this is something we naturally have a lot of experience with through various uh, professional developments over the years. Uh, we've all, I think, been there as teachers and we've all been there as students. So I think we can be probably sympathetic towards it. So you're not talking about but something... field day, right? Like where you you like stand, do a handstand and race on your arms. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that's not an actual event. It would be way too difficult for an actual field. You know, because they have like sack races and uh, one-legged races. They had an arms race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the John that came to talk today. Um, <laughs> no, I mean the the uh, analogous to the arms race when, where people talk about uh, like in, in military uh, terms. Okay. You know, one country builds you know some weapon, the other country has to outdo it, and it also comes up in like evolutionary biology. Right. They'll talk about the arms race between predator and prey. Right. Uh, yeah. So adapting. And so that's the adapting to adapting, the the, yeah. uh, the progress of your opponent or enemy in their development of their strategic arsenal, and then adapting like with a response to that to get in, like basically uh, the struggle over the advantage, right? Uh, when it comes to that conflict. Yes, I would say that you said it there in a way that's more precise okay (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i didn't do that with the intention of you know uh, criticizing your you were just saying arms race but yeah i guess i do i kind of assume that it might not be that clear what we're talking about right you you could have thought i was talking about some sort of race with arms (laughs) right Uh, (laughs) which now is like corrupting in my mind quickly uh, <laughs> maybe in like you know yeah. gymnast schools you know like training they might have right. that kind of race right i think for most of right. us it's out of our you know ability yeah i think for me the analogy was already so strong in my mind i didn't ponder uh whether or not it was not there for everybody right so thank you uh thank you for yeah for that clarification so, uh, may, should we proceed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, this is this is something that uh, came up in the most recent form that we we heard about it. Uh, you heard about it. Uh, so, I thought you you would want to maybe uh, give us a. A summary of of this new approach to teaching that uh, that's making the rounds and that you encountered. Okay, yeah, sure. I just this is something I became aware of through an education blog, and then I just searched for some videos of it on YouTube. I don't know how much you know, like maybe it's been around for a long time, or you know how much it's actually making the rounds or whatever. But it's something you can find pretty easily just by doing an internet search. So it seems to be at least somewhat uh, prominent and um, uh, widespread. It's referred to as no-nonsense nurturing or having the approach of a no-nonsense nurturer. 
and it's a seems to be a, a um, proprietary program that you know if you want to do it properly there's some training offered by the uh, company that is promoting this so their website is ct3education.com and i don't say that to encourage people to go sign up for that training but mostly just if you want to go to the source of the information and and compare what we're how we're um characterizing it with what it's actually right they're actually saying then you know that would be the place to go um so basically what i understood from it and also just with this disclaimer that neither you nor i have taken the training and so you know what we're talking about and 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 as far as i know you haven't been uh, this was our first exposure to this is basically a few videos you know maybe an online article too i think you found there was an an article about it, a report on it on um, NPR. Also. Right. Um, yeah, there was a, and, and also uh, I, I should point out that like, I don't, uh, uh, I, I'm going to try to point out what I think is like appropriate <laughs> in this sure. too. It's, it's like, uh, but, but it, but it's, it, I think it's a perfect example of how approaches to education quickly become something else besides completely concerned with uh, educating young people. Right. Yeah. For me, there are some particular red flags. Um, and then when I, when I see those red flags, I get extremely critical. And, but you mentioned, you know, when we were talking about doing an episode that where we, we would mention this in the context of the arms race between teachers and students that you didn't want to get too, negative and critical you didn't want the the results of this episode to be you know as just bashing no nonsense nurturing or something like that and i agree with that and and i also don't want that to be the you know the result of this but i also don't want to be too soft on it you know in terms of right. those red flags that i see um and so you know maybe let me just mention some of those right now is that like you know this no nonsense nurturer just like a lot of other solutions that are marketed towards to educators as the answer to their problems um you know like there's a lot of there are a lot of things about it like one is you know i guess it in entrepreneurial culture and and sort of corporate culture and marketing it's important to have a story that's what i've heard (laughs) you know like a compelling story (laughs) right of your like how this came to be which I find annoying. As, yeah, I just find it really <laughs> disingenuous. And, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but the story of this is that... Yeah, I get people to buy into it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for the affective, you know, sense right. that this company is focused on meaningful things. And, you know, it wasn't just started cynically, <laughs> you know, to right. take advantage to, to make of money, a market. To, yeah. yeah, something. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to be sort of like you know, underneath this is that the education market is a very real and vibrant market right. where people can make a lot of money. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the narrative, the story here is that there's this, um, school administrator and she saw that her teachers were struggling with student engagement. And she, you know, a lot of these stories are like, this is that she, she went and studied what the best teachers were doing, right? Like the, the top performing teachers and, so that adds that empirical, you know, sort of element to it. And 
um, and now I'm describing even the story as, <laughs> you know, like as obviously like I don't believe it or something like that. So sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off that uh, that tone. Okay, so she she looks at what she considers the top performing teachers, uh, tries to understand what they're doing, and then um, trains the other teachers to do the same thing. And then it's turned into this company where you know they're going around uh, training teachers around the country, maybe around the world to use this method and it's solving, you know, problems in classrooms, uh, the problems of student engagement. So the reason it's called no nonsense is because I guess what they found was that the effective way to interact for the effective way for teachers to interact with students was to give precise directions. And there's four kind of elements to this. What they say is give precise directions, use positive narration, uh, provide consequences and build nurturing relationships with students. Okay, so the the kind of most um, uh, the unique thing about this, I would say, is the giving precise directions and the way they do that, which what apparently the advice that they give is when teachers have a tendency to phrase things as questions, right? Like, um, and also uh, to say please, <laughs> you know, to basically use a tone right. and 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 structure. And, and say things, use, use expressions that, that seem to indicate to the students that they have a choice, that they're being asked to do something, when in reality, the, the actual situation of the classroom is the teacher is giving commands and the students need to do those things, right? So like one piece of advice I heard them give to teachers, or they said that they give to teachers in one of these videos that I watched is like, if they don't have a choice, if you really want them to do it, then don't ask it as a question and don't say please, and don't phrase it in a way where it seems like you're giving them a choice just tell them to do it right right which i i like that you know honestly and i and i think there's there's even this 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 was would, is what i would say is it's the, the sort of most arms racy thing about it you know is this idea of not saying please <laughs> you know not asking questions yeah. not giving choices <laughs> if there really aren't a choice if there really aren't choices but at the same time i i can really appreciate what they're saying because i i do think that that um, there is a real aspect to a kind of fake politeness that um, is a little toxic, you know, not only for the for the teacher himself or herself, but for the students and the whole relationship. Because it, if it's fake, you know, if it's if it's sort of hypocritical or it's just manipulative, then um, I think it can hurt the relationship and it can stand in the way of you know um, productive interaction between teachers and students but anyway this is i, mean, I feel like this is going on say something sean to you know help me decide whether i'm yeah talking well too i much mean i'll, I'll just jump yeah. in and because now you're you're being too generous right because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not fake uh you do hear it like on that npr story you hear the teacher being trained away from doing something that seems like a genuine uh way of interacting with other humans mm-hmm. and my whole like I, I'll, I'll simplify my my critique of this real quick. You already know I've I've talked to you about this before, but the the fourth thing that you mentioned is the one and only thing you need to worry about, which is the relationship with the student, mm-hmm. and everything else follows flows from that. I mean, every student needs to be hand handled handled is not the word I want to use. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, that's like arms race kind of word, right? right. Uh, yeah. 
uh, every student need to be every student needs to be interacted with like differently and so that's the that's the effort of i think a good teacher is to recognize what those individual needs are and to proceed from that uh, right. from that relationship yeah okay so Some let me let's if we can let's put this off until later cuz i have a response to that i think i think you know okay. that's, there's going to be some good material where we might maybe disagree uh on that okay. but let's okay can we let's just talk about the arms race then real quick like how what does this have to do yeah. with the arms race yeah so i mean the arms race this was the analogy i thought was apt and i was i think i first was thinking of it in terms of evolution over time predator and prey yeah adaptation and uh you know the the <laughs> the, the flower grows the the beast comes and eats the flower. The flower adapts and builds thorns, right? And and the beast builds a better tongue or right. whatever. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, you just... And it felt like, okay, so this is the next iteration of this. And, and, it, and it all comes from the fact that we're trying to do this, uh, this mass public, you know, mass public education effort. And so... Sorry to immediately ignore you, but so the idea of like relationships with individual humans gets put on the on the back burner in, in terms of wanting to control the masses, and masses like don't want to be controlled. Like <laughs> that's yeah. not how that's not how humans are, and so teachers, administrators are actually it's usually higher up. You know. <laughs> Some author, I guess, <laughs> comes up with a way of like, okay, here's an approach. They'll ne they'll they'll never expect this. They'll never expect us to drop the please. They'll never expect us to be so precise in our instructions. Which, uh, which it's not like bad to be precise in your instructions. Not being critical of that, but every every time this is delivered, it seems like it's supposed to be delivered like. So and so with a partner in a library voice, do such and such, and it's and it's uh, it's like formulaic. It's not just precise instructions; it's formulaic. Right. And so, uh, this uh, this is this is the next move on you know in the arms race, and then the students are going to be caught off guard. They've never they've never had such clarity. <laughs> in their position in class and now they know that they don't have a choice <laughs> right. they realize it right. uh but i suspect that there will be a you know if this take any school where this really takes hold there will be a response from the students after they adapt a little bit to this because they don't want to be controlled right. uh, so that's the uh, and, and it'll come out in things like you know, ways maybe outside of the classroom. Uh, it's like, don't underestimate <laughs> the students to come up with like, <laughs> or young people in general to come up with really clever ways of rebelling against the the generation above. Right, yeah. And, you know, like, I, I think it's just, it, it's any situation like you were mentioning before where... Um, one human being is trying to control another human being or a group of other human beings. Uh, really, the 
the potential ways in which those who are trying to be, you know, who, who are, uh, who someone else is trying to control to undermine that control, or at least to undermine the goals of that control, because you might not be able to do anything about, you know, the actual, like, control itself being forced to do things. But um, when it's something like education, right, maybe the victory that you have is to not learn anything, <laughs> you know, like, like right, someone's trying right. to force yeah, you to exactly. learn something. And then you're right. like, oh, I didn't learn anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, and we've seen that, right? I mean, I've seen that from students, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, the, you know, uh, I haven't analyzed this too much. So but when I've noticed, you know, and probably everyone is, everyone's had this experience of sometimes people really take pleasure in saying that um, they, you know, passed a test without really knowing, you know, like, like there's, a, there's a real, uh, a potential enjoyment to the idea of being coerced and forced to do something and to, to pass something, to demonstrate some kind of learning, uh, to not do it, and to still come away uh, with that, with whatever sign of success, you know, would be like completing right. the assignment yeah. or getting a particular grade, passing the test. Um, and even that isn't, is, is undermining the goal of that whole process, right? Like maybe that, you know, you were able to force them to do all the things that they were supposed to do, or even later on, you know, like, let's say they don't even have that <clears throat> kind of awareness, but later on, they just realize, I don't remember anything from that class and they think it's funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the brag, <laughs> yeah. the brag at the right, end. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've had situations where, you know, I write, uh, I give feedback to students. And, like, if it's written feedback, like, I had this one particular instance where I took a lot of time to, to type up some feedback and give it to the students. And then I made the mistake of putting the grade on that same piece of paper um, and, like, handed it to the students. And they just all went st straight to the grade, right? Right, yeah. And, and I was like, you know, hey... Why not, why not read that feedback? <laughs> and they're like, oh, we don't care about that. We just care about the grade. And uh, that's a, also a type of, you know, sort of like, um, to me anyway, maybe I'm just interpreting this way, but it's a type of passive resistance, you know, to this this whole idea that, uh, well, yeah. Grades, grades are probably the most effective uh, evolution in, in manipulating the masses. Right. Right. And, oh yeah, it's a good <laughs> really? yeah, it's it's a really good example of the arms race. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and also it, the it, response to the, you know, to that. Yeah. It it it's done it's done some it's done some work. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot about it over time. And I I would say like we haven't been recording as we've been we've been discussing a lot in terms of just uh different approaches to to schooling and you know the concept of schooling without grades is you know it's almost unheard of now so uh but there's absolutely no reason to think that grades are a necessary component to education right and that's exactly like you're giving a, a perfect example as why why you don't have to point to a grade right uh, to get uh, in fact how the grade removes feedback even if it's there right yeah so um, I think when we were discussing this no-nonsense nurturing, we were kind of speculating about the origins of the nonsense, right? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That you know, because it's yeah. not too hard to imagine a time before teachers would say please and talk nicely to the students and act like they're making requests or giving cho- giving choices rather than right. giving commands. And in fact, right. I, I think it's more likely that you know if you don't have to go back too far to where you would find that that's the the main practice in the classroom, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I imagine yeah. I, I'm sitting there thinking about my own classrooms, and I don't remember a lot of pleases, but I imagine that for my father, who <laughs> was in a, <laughs> he, the the stories he tells me, no one was saying please <laughs> in, his, in his school to to him. Right. So so there was probably a time when you know when that was the main mode of interaction between teachers and students, and it probably, you know, someone was like, teachers were frustrated then as they are now, right. you know, as they are now, they were like, uh, these students, they're, you know, um, they're, you know, they have a bad attitude, they're lazy, they're, you know, whatever, right? And maybe somebody had the bright idea, they like went and saw, you know, okay, there's some teachers who seem to have a better, you know, relationship, they seem to be able to get more out of the students, their classrooms are more productive, and they found that these teachers speak to the students the same way they speak, you know, in a respectful way, <laughs> right? Like right. the way they speak right. to other adults or something like that. And they had this insight. They're like, oh, you know, the thing is teachers need to be respectful and, and deferential, you know, to a certain point with their students. And when we speak to other adults, we say please. And we, you know, we don't, uh, we're not so explicit about the fact that we're commanding them to do things. You know, I don't know, like maybe in some situations or whatever, but um, and they probably said, oh, this is what we should try. Let's start training teachers to, <laughs> you know, be nicer to students. Uh, and that it was probably effective in that context, because I think novelty has advantages. Right. Like. Right. And um, right. that's. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the arms race aspect right. to it. Right. Do something that, that the other side's never seen before right right so like yeah if you have a group of students who who they're hardened veterans when it comes to being you know (laughs) ordered around right and and maybe most of their their techniques of of resistance are passive you know like uh superficially they you know they submit to the commands but in, in other ways they they undermine them then a teacher comes along who's you know treats them with respect respect and dignity you know and says please and you know gives them seems to give them a choice in things they're taken off they're off they're taken off guard because all of their defenses are geared you know um uh geared towards the 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 teacher who's just ordering them around right so it takes time for you know that the new adaptation to take place and in that intervening period of time that new weapon of the teachers is going to be pretty effective. Right. right? And until everyone catches on, you know, <laughs> and it becomes yeah, like exactly. the norm. And then now it's like back to, you know. Yeah. And then they, the counter strategies from students are always, you know, they, they have a lot less power. Right. That's true. And so they, they always have to be pretty subtle and nuanced in their responses. Yeah. And so I think that's the, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this when maybe when you see things like devious licks, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You you run into uh, just students doing things just to show that they don't uh, respect the authority of the school of the school. Right. right. 
and it puts the the authorities into a position of really having to do take absurd measures you know like ban it you know keeping people from going to the bathroom at school right and things like that that right. really it's you know yeah it's really brilliant yeah <laughs> it is it is <laughs> the part but the but yeah the, i think the um yeah the I, I, well, actually, I think what we should do is get to where you feel like we're going to disagree. Yeah. So yeah, what? Uh, so, no, it's not so much a disagreement, but but it's a, there's a statement that you made that um, what you said that that what a teacher needs is to do the last component, the of, last thing, first. yeah, of the yeah. no nonsense nurturing, which is to build nurturing relationships with the students, and that um, you know, I don't know if you said this, but. You know, everything will fall into place after that, or something like that. You know, flow from that. I think I said it flows from that. <laughs> it flows from that. Yeah, it flows from that. Okay. So here's where I would disagree with you: is that um, because if the teacher sees themselves as implementing a particular program and being responsible for for that, right? If the teacher's role is is a task oriented role. Um, and I say this as I take, you know, some of these personality assessment things, <laughs> personality inventory things, and apparently I'm a task-oriented person. And uh, I know for myself that, um, like, even if I build relation, if I, okay, let's let's say if I go into a classroom and it's a new group of students and, and I build relationships with them, I get to know them, you know, and, and all that. Uh, but then when it gets down to doing this thing, like going through this curriculum, achieving these learning objectives that are going to be assessed and like that's seen as my job, if this relationship thing is seen as just a tool for accomplishing that, then um, it does help, right? But but these two things are at odds with one another. Um, like the students being the object of, of some uh, educational program that really objectifies them, right? That's not yeah. too concerned with their differences, that sees like the outcome as a very standard outcome and, um, uh, you know, standardizes them in so many ways, like by age, by grade level, by, um, right. you know, interest. Like it doesn't matter if you like this subject or not. You have to achieve this level of, you know, whatever, being able to perform in it and demonstrate your, you know, what you've learned. Because the the program approaches the students that way, um, there's no harmony between these two things, like that that relationship with the students, getting to know them, and and this other thing. In my mind, I mean, I'm of course you can develop some harmony between those two things, but in the end, one of these things has to be more important than the other, and in which case, and it's going to be the the you know the learning goals and objectives uh, are going to be more important than the students as individual people. And because of that, that's going to be secondary, and it and it also almost becomes a manipulation of them in order to achieve those uh, objectives, which are impersonal, which are standard, and really the the individual person is an obstacle to that. You know, so this is what I say: everything doesn't flow from that. <laughs> you know, what might flow from yeah. that is realizing that that like you don't want to participate in that program. Yeah, I, I think like you're talking about a very specific program here. I mean, I, I 
but that's my, the program teachers are yeah. in. That's 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 my point. The reality is that that's what that's the job of teachers. You know, this, this is true, and I and I I do know better. I would say like you've you've identified the exact like dissonance, probably that made me leave public education. Yeah. Uh, it, it, as always, you're you have apt observational skills and have thought that through better than I. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, my statement before, you're, you're right. My statement before needs to be qualified with, uh, it needs to be within a, an educational context where the individual is never, like the, the individual's particular needs is never uh, less than the institution's needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if we're talking about, edu- there's times where like an institution's needs are you know, more important than the individual's needs but education isn't that time (laughs) like that's that's what the marketplace is for right that's for you know that but when you're just trying to discover the capacities of each individual human being uh education can't be the place where an institution ever is uh more important than but you're right that happens all the time that's it's systematically built in like even if you're working it as best as you can, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I did, <laughs> uh, in public school, uh, you just, uh, yeah, you, you ultimately, um, you ultimately have to, have to bow down to the, to the demands of the, of the programs. Right. Or even like, I, I guess, you know, um, another possibility is, is you don't bow down to the demands and and maybe you're in a situation where you're not ultimately going to be held accountable for that, you know, because there are schools like that where they've got bigger problems, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> like right, as long as yeah. they have a teacher in the classroom who's, you right, know, keeping yeah, the students true. from breaking laws, you know, or whatever, like they're, you know, they're happy enough, right? And uh, and so I, I think it is possible to be in a situation like a school that's sort of not even close to making sure that, um, the curriculum is being, you know, implemented or whatever in the classroom. Uh, but even then, there's a question of, you know, the integrity of the teacher, right? Like the uh, the dissonance between what you realize is more important versus what you're supposed, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be doing, right? So for right. anyone with integrity, it, it's like, you know, it creates a, a an internal conflict. And... Um, and and I think that this no nonsense nurturing, as an example, is is something that's it's a solution, or it's it's in, it's the the extent to which it's a solution is a solution to a problem that is not a necessary problem, but it's just a real problem. You know, it is the way things are for a lot of teachers, which is there's a tension between their role as enforcer and implementer, and you know. Uh, uh, standardizer of human beings and their need to connect with those students. There's a practical need and there's there's also even, I would say, a um, human need, right, uh, to connect with, with the students just for your own feeling that, you know, uh, maintaining your own humanity, but also to, it helps you to get those things done, right, like the, the tasks. And sure, yeah. um, that's the situation teachers are really in, right? There, there really is a conflict right. between these things, and they really are suffering 
and it, it expresses itself in the lack of engagement of the students. The students are also really in that situation and, and, and uh, suffering because of it. So something like no-nonsense nurture, nurturing comes in and says, look, here's the solution to that. You can have both, right? Right. And um, now whether that's really ends up being true or not in, in the long term, right, which has, has to do with our discussion of the arms race, because that's the nature of the arms race is that it's going to be a short-term solution, right? But once the other side adapts, <laughs> you know, then you're going to have to, you know, go back to saying, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'll be an all-nonsense approach. <laughs> all-nonsense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that really uh, bothered me about that, too, was that things like please are, are called nonsense. Or, yeah, <laughs> right. it's called nonsense, right? Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the idea really that too, student, yeah. the, the, the idea that students are free agents right yeah. uh, is nonsense right yeah exactly yeah it's nonsense <laughs> uh yeah i, I think it, it's catchy and that that's the thing is it's like this is where an idea that's like not necessarily bad because like it might be an effective way of talking to some students yeah it might be an effective way for a teacher to control a classroom it might just be a good strategy because like i have strategies for controlling the classroom that are uh, not necessarily exactly how I would deal with an individual student, mm -hmm. right? So we all have yeah. got those sort of, you know, we've got to get we've got to get the kids to like focus up, pay attention, right? And this, you know, this is this is going to be good for them. You right. have in the back of your head. <laughs> it's like, and so let's let's get this going. Uh, and so yeah, it could be a good strategy, but but then it's packaged. And it's, you know, it gets this really clever label. Right. Uh, no nonsense. And, but if you just think about some of the things that are actually thrown into the nonsense, it's like kind of important things that we value as human beings. Right. Um, you know, the dignity, <laughs> <laughs> agency. It, it's uh, yeah yeah, yeah it's, exactly and it's, it's, it really it's, yeah. it's not wonderful right yeah. <laughs> and and like what's what's beneath it is is this really negative uh prejudice and bias against young people really like it's really like you know like we've talked about before is like these uh you know these students who are acting up in this way or they're disengaged or they're you know not doing their work or they're whatever you know whatever the, the things are, it's, it's like coming from some deficiency that they have, right? It's not, it's not being caused by the environment or the system or anything like that. There's a, there's a deficiency there, and that deficiency needs to be addressed through this technique. And you're going to train right. them, train that deficiency out of them, basically, you know? Uh, and uh, <laughs> like there's this video that I shared with you and... Uh, that really one line from it really cracked me up. Like, um, it was, you know, given any, giving an example of a teacher, what a teacher would say to a student. And so like the scenario was something like one of the students was off task or something or not doing what they were supposed to be doing. And the teacher says <laughs> something like, uh, give some kind of redirecting statement to the student. I can't remember exactly what it is, but, um, you know, share your, you know, the list that you wrote with your, classmates 
I care about you too much to let you, uh, you know, not participate. <laughs> Something like that. And <laughs> this is step three. This is the the fair the consequences, right? right? Yeah. Where where they yeah they just assume that consequences equal justice, right? Yeah, and and it's like this. Yeah, it's like this compassionate, you know, commanding them, right? Like like it, it's. If yeah, you know what, and, and it's just a compassionate it's, it's, com- right. commanding <laughs> would also sell. <laughs> right. Yeah, compassionate command. Uh, it's uh, you know, like the, the thing about it is, is that if it's sincere, then there's no problem with it, right? There's no problem with telling somebody like right. that. Look, do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and for that for yeah. that to be coming from a place where you you know you care about that person. Now, whether they're going to do it or not, that's another question but or or like whether that's sustainable you know uh as a way of uh guiding people um or whether that in itself becomes you know they become desensitized to it because it's a kind of also like a guilt trip you know right (laughs) it's like you know and there's a lot of things that go into it which is is that i know more than you about what's good for you right yeah uh which is that can be questioned right so many times exactly yeah, yeah. and um but it, it like you could see this as a you know this could also be used as just a um a form of manipulation right like you could you could right. have the intention of manipulating people and use that as a, your technique you know and um but you know and I, and i think that the kind of rhetorical space and um uh technique oriented approach of something like no nonsense nurturing doesn't have a problem with that i don't think you know they would probably say you know try to really care about them <laughs> you know um but even if in that moment you don't that's not really why you're telling them it's it is like objectively better for them to do what you what you say right Right. Like whether you actually, whether, you know, you actually care or not in that moment or how sincere you are about saying that, which probably it's always better to be sincere because it'll be more effective. Like that'll be the reason why it's better to be more sincere because it'll hit harder, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it'll, it'll, uh, it'll achieve the objective. Um, And I, I, yeah, you know what? I think there's a real behaviorist element to this. Um, which is, there's not a whole lot of, you know, the, the real value that's functioning is achieving the desired behavior. The way you can tell that it's right, it's the right thing to do, is because it's going to achieve, the, it's going to get the desired behavior. Um, that's, right, I'm having trouble, <laughs> trouble with this. Yeah. No, I'm saying from their point of view, right, like, like those who are promoting this kind of approach... Um, First of all, there's no question about whether the learning objectives, there's no questioning those. Those just come from outside. They're, they're dictated. And this is the job right. of the teacher to do these things. Okay, so for, first of all, there's, there's zero question about whether what the, what's being dictated to the teacher about what these students need to go do, that's, un, that's assumed and, and it's absolutely right, right? And then, so the only thing like you could use to evaluate approaches is is does this approach get them there or not you know um 
it's yeah. very like yeah, yeah maybe you could say it's it's complete it's pragmatic um yeah. it's uh but prag maybe a combination of of two things that maybe become evil <laughs> when they're combined <laughs> so maybe pragmatism and you know seeing humans as just a collection of behaviors right right you know yeah. rather than people with you know a real internal reality that that matters right like like you just see them as expressing these behaviors and what do you need to do to change those behaviors right like what do you need to do so that they express these other behaviors which which we can you know consider to be the uh, good behaviors Right. right. That if a teacher tells them to do something, they do it. That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's the, the yeah, the behavioralist underpinning. Right. Or assumptions. Yeah. I think I'm with you now. Okay. So we can just That's trash it. I, <laughs> <laughs> the no nonsense thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Here's one thing I wanted to say is that like, I think for any teacher, you know, any any given teacher, myself included, um, I don't think we need to be so on our guard about these things that we don't take what's valuable. You know, like you were mentioning, right, right, and right. And, and 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 I myself have I benefited from so many programs and approaches and things that ultimately I I realized that as a package, it was, <laughs> you know, it doesn't need to be you know taken that seriously, but but some elements of it can help you, you know, reflect on things and, and understand things and maybe, you know, realize things that are important that otherwise you might, you may not have. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I've been sitting here reflecting, <laughs> John. <laughs> my, you might have noticed my, my, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out like uh, the, the whole arms race thing right that i've sort of i've cast this whole discussion in terms of that uh, it kind of makes it impossible to without some sort of modification uh, kind of makes it impossible to to take the good parts right because it it's it's a control issue yeah and then you're gonna have to i'm about to just fall into a a, a, a black hole here and you're gonna have to <laughs> just deal with the end of the episode on your own because i don't know where i'm gonna go but okay <laughs> i i i sat there and i thought about how i use that word control a classroom or that phrase control a classroom control it's uh and i used it on myself and i was like yes i do i do have strategies for controlling the classroom and then i started thinking why am I trying to control a classroom? Yeah. I shouldn't be trying to control a classroom. And the place where that gets me in my mind <laughs> is that like all of these strategies need to be thrown out. Just every everything. Everything needs to be thrown out. And what's important is is going in <laughs> as a as a vulnerable person who can who's strong enough to be sin sincere. Uh, to the people who show up in front of him. And that's me, I guess, crossing the event horizon now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I don't know either. Like, the question of control, I think it probably, 
I don't know. Here's what here's what I'm ready to say. But I th- I think this yeah this needs a lot of exploration. Like I don't even know. I'm I'm not ready to say that teachers should not um, assert any control. <laughs> right? Yeah. That seems like to go. That seems to go too far. For example, um, I think without question, teachers are responsible for controlling the classroom you know and the behavior of students to the extent that you know that the well-being of any of the students is not you know uh, at risk physically or you know like emotionally like if there's bullying going on right that that requires some yeah. control to be asserted right if um students like i said are committing crimes <laughs> you know then the, there's some control that needs to be asserted there um so yeah, it's not you know, but I guess one thing that I do, I would say is that teachers we have to reflect on how much control we're trying to have and why. Why are we trying to have that control? You know, what's right. our motivation? What's the cause of that that need for control? And and if we look at it and we can't come up with you know a good enough reason, then then we should be ready to you know give up on trying to control that thing. And face the consequences <laughs> of it. Right. Yeah, I, I've got a new one for you, okay. John. So <laughs> thank you for pulling me from there. Uh, yes, of course, <laughs> I wasn't doubting that I should control uh, the classroom when it comes. Uh, and uh, I just want to clarify in terms right. of safety. Right, and right. Yeah, and of course, yeah, no, no, I was just trying to you know, well, give you something to stand on. Thank there. you. Thank you, you can go from yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the curriculum, right. right? It's the curriculum. And now I'm seeing the curriculum as the, uh, now I'm seeing the curriculum as the enemy. Like not even the curriculum, not even the curriculum, the whole, <laughs> the whole <laughs> disciplining aspect of a school of this needs to be English class. This needs to be math class. Like this expectation of, uh, <laughs> Of, of teachers to be that um, deliverer yeah. of content, like that's <clears throat> that's the thing that's like it makes sense. It's efficient, right? Yeah. And and the system is in place. And the 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 thing I'm struggling with, I think, is that the uh, and also it it it. it helps to focus you know i feel like i've had a lot of good uh, years of teaching uh, that i wouldn't have had if i didn't have a good focus <laughs> right. on what i was trying to do right uh but but i think what it is is like that that piece of uh subject matter uh delivery is is so often a piece that the the students in front of you don't necessarily need in that you know like the classroom dynamic isn't asking for right and and a lot of times the classroom dynamic is asking for things to avoid work right we're we're all familiar with that and the oh tell us about you know tell us about your weekend mr (laughs) dalrymple and (laughs) let's see how much you know class time we can spend you know talking about that and then and i'm then it 45 minutes later, I'm like, oh, now we don't have time to write that essay I was, we were going to write. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, 
but like that uh yeah that there there's something there that um yeah that I'm questioning in terms of like their desire to do that that tendency to do that to avoid labor yeah. i think comes from something that i think maybe we are creating ourselves right yeah um, and, and so yeah i do feel like i'm sort of in a poorly defined spot that we should talk about before we have an episode but <laughs> right uh, yeah no i mean this is where yeah. this has led me right yeah no I, I know exactly what you mean and uh let me give an example like some uh, kind of let's say realization that i had somewhat recently about questioning you know like this control thing right um one thing that's really hard and it's just only it's only gotten more difficult is uh plagiarism right yeah and um and i had been out of you know teaching for for several years i was pursuing my you know studies in the islamic seminary and then i was doing yeah. administration and everything for a few years and then so this was you know uh, my first year back in, in teaching in the classroom and starting to deal with, again, receiving some work from students that is in the form of sentences and paragraphs. And I know in my mind that one really, one thing that's highly valued and must be valued in the academic environment is like when, when you give me something in sentences and paragraphs, like that's your original work, Right. Um, or unless it has the proper citations and quotation marks and all those kinds of things. And, and so, uh, but you know, and I, and I think at the level that I used to teach, that was pretty well understood by the time I got those students, but I'm teaching, you know, younger students now, uh, who are kind of still transitioning out of elementary school. And, um, and one thing I didn't realize is anyway. Okay. So my point is this is like, I would receive work that I would have some, you know, doubts about whether this was like the original right. composition of, of the student. And right. then immediately I would have that anxiety, you know, like this stress of like, okay, you know, cause, right. Cause like, <laughs> first of all, you know, just like, like, you know, you have Something some, some feelings like, why are you putting happened. me in this situation? You know, like I, I feel a kind of personal, you know, like uh, resentment, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yes, then on yeah. top of that, there's just the, the sort of like, integrity of the academic environment kind of thing where, you know, it's your job to like maintain that. And, and then there's a sort of snowball nightmare in my mind of like, you know, you have to put a stop to this, you know, or else it's going to get really bad. And, and, you know, no one will ever be writing any original sentence ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) but you know, okay. But then recently I, I thought like how, but how can you control this? Right. Like it's so hard, right. Like without like, you know, we talked about turnitin.com and, um, yeah, like it, if it's so hard without, without crossing some line into like dystopian, <laughs> you know, yes, of, right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like things. Right. And then, I, then I just thought about it for a second and I was like, why, why try to control this really? Like, is it, do I, is it the case that it's completely educationally, um, worthless to go find text, uh, you know, that's, to to curate, let's say, text, <laughs> you know, on a certain topic, and um, like that could be a beneficial exercise. And I myself have done that when when I'm not turning something in. You know, all, you know, besides the story I told in a previous episode, 
where I actually did plagiarize <laughs> an important paper. <laughs> you curated. Yeah, I curated. <laughs> you curated. Some language. Um, but anyway, so I just started thinking about it. And I was like, like, why not just make this a, a, an allowed thing to do? And, and something that will meet the requirements. Like, why insist on this original composition? You know, uh, why not just say, okay, and you can fulfill this assignment by going and copying, pasting things off the internet that are, you know, and put them together in a way where it's a, it's a, it's a relevant and reasonable, you know, expression of whatever you're supposed to be expressing, right? Because, right. you know, that is beneficial and it's more beneficial than not doing anything, but it would be most beneficial if it's just transparent that that's what they're doing, right? Right. Like the harmful part of it is to do that and then turn it in as if you wrote it. Yes. You know? That's the, yes, exactly. And so like if I just make that aloud and I just say, look, I just expect you to tell me, but it's not going to hurt your grade, you know, whatever, right? Like unless the assignment is to explicitly write something original, you know, and if that's the case, then then we'll remove whatever barriers, you know, like... You know, we'll try to do that in the context of an assignment where you don't feel so overwhelmed by every other thing that, you know, like that, where it's just, you know, like an example could be like a journal entry, <laughs> you know, really. uh, where it's just easy enough for those students who, who feel so, you know, intimidated by doing that. Um, but anyway, my, my point is, is like, why try to control that? Just just have some kind of open understanding and trust that like, look, it's just it's OK if you do that. And I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, you know. Uh, it's not going to be problematic. All I expect is that you're just upfront about that's what that that's what you did, right? You know, right? And um, and that to me that's letting go of that control, right? Because because like how, like because if the alternative is dystopia, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, the yeah, and the alternative uh, encourages secrecy, right? And yeah. like you know, it, it encourages a, a dishonesty right. over time. And that's like that's exactly it. That's like the like you. I feel like you've gone through this and you've sort of taken this thing that's become an arms race thing, and you've right. you've made it. Which is the point that I was trying to make early on is is that we're not in an arms race. We're in a, like a you know human relationship that's that we call education. Right. And it's it needs to be a, a partnership to the. <laughs> best like the best we can manage yeah and that's exactly what you're doing is you're removing the arms race aspect to it right right um so yes bravo i would <laughs> yes. say why well, I, I didn't actually do this yet <laughs> oh <laughs> once again john you've you've thought through things quite well i <laughs> but all right yeah, but yeah so, my plan is next year you know from the beginning uh, you know, like there's different elements to it. One is to make sure that they even understand what plagiarism is, right? Because I get the impression, you know, and this is a, a normal, you know, like especially if you don't have that much academic experience, like if someone tries to explain to you what plagiarism is, um, I think you could reasonably come to the conclusion that if you, for example, copy and paste some a paragraph and then go through and reword it and change things that you're not plagiarizing. You know, right. but that's it. <laughs> one thing I want to impress to them is, you know, get them to realize is this is this is the way of creating the worst writing ever. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the most it's incoherent. It's plagiarism and it's bad. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just keep the original writing, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'll understand what it's saying. You know, but if you go right. through it and like yeah. substitute synonyms and, you know, like use thesaurus and then, you know, whatever, it's just going to be, you know, painful to read. 
So yeah, like, um, but anyways, first is just to make sure that they understand, you know, what uh, academic dishonesty is, and then, and then, you know, um, uh, making those things legal, you know. Right. And but then right. they they, would, they should also understand that this is in the context of this class. These things are okay. I just want to know that you're doing them. But there is another, you know, a lot of other context in which this will get you in trouble, you know, right? Yeah, so, or so it won't, it's published. It yeah. says it's actually published, which is one of the things we talked about in terms of, like, this assumption that turning it in, turning in an assignment in class is the equivalent of publishing it. Right. Uh, which is, of course, insane. <laughs> right. You know, actually, I, I'll even uh, edit... Uh, that comment because it's not actually like if you um i mean there's certain situations in which it would be problematic but if you go to college right like let's say and you you have a paper assigned and you turn in the paper and at the top it says i copied and pasted all of this you know from you know like <laughs> if you're are you like you know you just you know like cite the the source and say this is all from this source and i didn't write this it's not my own original writing you'll you'll fail the assignment right but you haven't committed academic dishonesty <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so so that's the thing. They, what they need to know is that like there there are plenty of assignments that you'll you'll have in your life, and you know, as a student, where you're, you know, the person giving you credit for it won't give you credit if you do it this way. You know, that's the difference. Is I will give you credit, but you just have to be clear about what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever fail to say that you copy and pasted, then then you're going to be in a whole nother. Right. And you publish. Right. Right. Like, that's the. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of clarifying all the the steps, but right. but yeah, man. Now you've got me thinking about how education is is an, uh, intrinsically a private matter that that we treat that we put public like public policies on all the time. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's a that would be another tangent, I think. Although. I think all prompted from this idea of how are we trying to control students and, and how does that control actually backfire in ways that are like subtle and maybe long term uh, uh, problematic, maybe not within the classroom, but maybe long term exhibit themselves later. I mean, there's <laughs> there's plagiarism charges you know brought against people uh, in real life that's a lot more instructive <laughs> than, right. uh, than some confusion about an assignment. Right. Uh, and this gray area where you're trying to understand how to, you're trying to simultaneously learn how to write <laughs> academically right. and how to not be academically dishonest. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be like, like, what if you like, we're trying to teach someone basketball <laughs> and you're like, and they try to run up to the basket and shoot. You're like, you can't shoot yet. You didn't dribble to the basket. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like you, you, <laughs> you, you have to have all the steps in place before you throw that ball to the basket. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. And like, yeah, just to clarify one other thing. Cause I can, I can imagine what, uh, an objection that someone could have to that practice that I was describing, which they would say, well, how, how are they ever going to learn how to write, you know, do, you know, compose. And so my, uh, I've thought about that, <laughs> you know, and, and my, you know, answer to that is that this would be part of the discussion too. Is that like, okay, you know, you're copying and pasting. Um, I don't think that's a complete waste of time for you. You know, like we would discuss what they're doing and then, and then say, okay, 
you know, also writing is hard and, you know, uh, in, the only way to get better at writing is to, is to write, you know, and write original things. So let's find a way for you to do that, you know, and maybe that's a separate thing from um, curating, <laughs> you know, like information, right? Like finding sources and finding information and stuff like that. So, so it's basically just being transparent about the different things that need to be done and not insisting that, you know, the way you have to get better at all this whole set of things is through how I say you're going to get better at it, you know? Right. Uh, giving them the agency to, to you know, um, for some of their work, you know, some of their development to be through, you know, curating, <laughs> you know, rather than original composition. And then, but then there, yeah, there's going to have to be some original composition <clears throat> as well. But um, yeah, giving them well, control and, over how that's going to happen, you know, to you know, yeah, like, to, like to a large extent. Yeah, and let's just like real quick jump in and say like, well, I'd say we. I guess I'll say it. I'm assuming you're going to agree. But uh, the way to get them to learn to write is to give them assignments where they want to write. Right. Yes. It's 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 not to give them assignments where they don't want to write, and. I think your path towards an academic writing is very difficult. It's also not necessary for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and, but your path, I think, strikes me as like, well, at least has this has the potential of getting somebody who's uh, hesitant to write to engage with that kind of like style. Right. 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 But you can you can teach writing perfectly fine through pure creative writing courses. Like it could, uh, all you could teach students is creative writing and they, you can teach them all the mechanics of writing and, and all of the, the standards that they you should expect in the world. Yeah. Uh, w- without having to do these, <laughs> these <laughs> academic <laughs> essays that would demand, I don't know why, right, yeah. of so many people. Yeah, and it's such a beating but, to, you know, like if you're not ready to write a paper like that, to, to struggle through it, you know, we, we almost kind of think that like, uh, whatever really terrible <laughs> research paper a person's capable of writing is worth it, right? But I, I, I don't know right. if that's true. Right. <laughs> you know, it could be such a bad experience that you're traumatized by how terrible your paper is. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and like you know the the story that I told about plagiarizing uh, a research paper in my it was in my biology class in uh, I think it was ninth grade. Yeah, because I, I had to either do a research paper or do a, a science fair project, and so I did the research paper, and I, you know, <laughs> it's mostly yeah, uh, plagiarized from a from a college textbook that my dad had, and um, but you know, like I gained from that, like it 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 introduced me, like you know, that process of taking <laughs> that text out of that textbook and typing it up and. And like putting it together into, because it wasn't like, I didn't take it wholesale from, you know, there wasn't like a chapter of that textbook that I just turned in as, as my paper, right. you know, but, um, but yeah, it was beneficial. I, w- I would say like, it, it helped me move towards being able to, to write like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're more confident, better writer now. <laughs> that. <laughs> And yeah, and you you get to report on that. That's right. your experience. Right. So, and and once <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we were we were able to to 
to bring these things back around to 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 justify <laughs> justifying our 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 decisions in life and in the classroom. Yes. So well well done us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we should write a book. Yes. Uh, and then start a, a you know company. We can tell the story you know of of how we arrived at these things to uh, to be more appealing to consumers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> curating your way to yes. <laughs> success. All right. Well, uh, thank you, John, for the conversation. I always enjoy it. Yes. Thank you, Sean. And thank you to our listeners who. Uh, stick with us through our long gaps between uh, episodes uh, and we hope that just overall we generally provide good uh, good things to think about and give a, a generally a nice counterpoint to how education uh, is proceeding yes all right see you next time